Lopez. My name's Arvin, and I'm an alcoholic. Arvin. <clears throat> Apologize for the ultra casual attire. I guess I didn't really uh, plan that accordingly. But uh, I thought I wasn't going to have enough time to go home and change. But I'm here, sober. I'm glad to be here with you guys. So uh, let's see. Um, I'm 27 years old. I'm a local guy from Mission Viejo. Born in San Diego, but raised here pretty much my whole life. Um, I had pretty much as normal a childhood as anyone could ask for. I've got two parents that are still together to this day. They love me very much, if not a little too much. Uh, I was really good in school and everything was going smooth for me as a child. And I have a younger brother who looks up to me. But from day one, what I noticed was I always wanted to be a part of and I was willing to do whatever it was to get like your acceptance and, and trying to fit into those crowds. And uh, I think my first time drinking, I was 15, the first time I ever drank and I blacked out that night. And more importantly, I'd like finally found that feeling of like, aha, I was like, let's do this like every time. And uh, I come from a Persian family. And so like in our culture, there's like a lot of a lot of pride. And I think my parents knew that something was starting to go on when they had to pick me up from jail or they noticed that I was getting into like trouble here and there. But it was kind of an unspoken rule in our house that like if you got good grades and you kind of kept doing good in school, that uh, they would kind of turn their head and they would let me do whatever they want. And I managed to do that. And all throughout high school, uh, I was a straight A student, like graduated with the valedictorians in my class, made my parents so proud and uh, went to college. And that was my first time living on my own in college. And that's where my disease like really started to ramp up. Uh, I had escalated and found Xanax, prescription pills. Um, drugs are a big part of my story. And uh, I started abusing those greatly. I started not going to class. I looked, like, literally, I would figure out which classes counted attendance. And even if they did, I would literally show up for the midterm and the final. And those were the two days I would show up for the entire semester. And I would still show up loaded. And I'd somehow managed this for five years. <clears throat> First year, I uh, actually got kicked out of the dorms for drinking too many times. So that was a fun conversation to have with my parents when I came back home. But still a recurring theme of, of me just thinking that if I, if I drank and used to like the utmost best that I would win your acceptance and I'd be cool and I'd fit in because I didn't know who I was and I wasn't comfortable in my own skin. And the drugs and alcohol kind of gave me a relief. They, they made me feel okay, they were my solution. And so freshman year of college, uh, everyone started joining fraternities. So I was like, all right, let's see what this is all about. I was like, they drink like six days a week. You get to pay for your friends. You get to like, just hang out all day. Like, where do I sign up? And so I did that and I had a blast, honestly, but I was wondering why everyone at the parties was having such a good time. And I would be in the corner, passed out in a pile of my own, some sort of bodily fluid you guys get the picture but and I was wondering like why that would only happen to me because I would chew a handful of pills before going to the party having drank already and still taking swigs and, and just being a zombie a walking zombie not even speaking English like from the majority of the time 
And uh, this continued for like three, four years. And even the fraternity had enough of my shit and they kicked me out. So I couldn't even, I couldn't even do that. But I still managed to graduate college. Things hadn't gotten bad enough yet. I'd gotten like two DUIs at this point. Uh, I've been to jail and then I got introduced to opiates and those were really what brought me to my knees. Um, I had been introduced to the rooms before on a core card because of uh, the DUIs and everything, but I still had this like insane inflated sense of self that I was better than everyone and I didn't need to be in these rooms because I had uh, I had a degree, I had a job, I had this, I had all these, I had uh, all these like third dimensional things that the titles, this, this, and that. And I attributed life and success to all of that when everything on the outside was doing all right, but everything on the inside was fucking absolutely miserable. But it wasn't enough uh, to, to make me to stop. I'm the type that consequences don't really get me to stop at all. Um, a third DUI late last year. I mean, last year was a rough one. I went through like, I want to say probably seven or eight different treatment centers alone and many overdoses because of the whole fentanyl thing. And I finally completed a treatment center at the end of last year. And it only took me one or two weeks out in the real world, left to my own devices before I was back in jail. And normally every time I would have my parents to bail me out because I'd promise them, I'd cry and I'd promise them, oh, this is the last time I'm going to shape up. Like, and they'd be there for me almost every single time to, to kind of bail me out, give me a place to stay, put me in detox. And then the cycle would continue. And I was just doing the same things over and over and over again, wondering why nothing was changing, why I was still miserable inside. And they say that's the definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over and expecting different results. But this last time around, my parents decided to join Al-Anon. So they were like black belts in Al-Anon at this point. So I didn't have anyone to bail me out at this time. So I, I, I sat in the luxury uh, BLAC facility and sweated out. And the beginning of this year, I was released. And I was swearing that I was never going to go back to that life. Like, that's all I had. Um, a young valedictorian sweet boy from Mission Viejo doesn't belong in the streets, in jail in hospitals, in comas, and all the above. But the second night I was out of jail, I already found myself in a motel with people that I'd met in jail getting caught. And this lasted for about another two weeks. And I think I'd overdosed like four times in that two weeks until I had finally like reached my point of emotional rock bottom. And I tried, I tried getting to my parents one more time to see if they could help me out. Somehow, I'm like, I ended up on their front doorstep, like passed out. And there's actually a picture of me that someone doesn't let me forget, which I, which I really enjoy because it reminds me of where I came from. But they put me in a detox one last time and they gave me the number to a bald Persian man who helped save my life. And they said, if you want help, this is how we're going to help you. You can contact him. And I've been living in uh, one of his sober livings ever since. And my life today is... I want to say unimaginable, but like, it's, it's everything that I've ever wanted. Like, I don't really have any of those material things that I had before. I still don't have a car. I don't have uh, my own place or this or this or anything, but like, I finally have a peace of mind that I'm super grateful for and that I found through these rooms. And I have friends today that, that hold me accountable. Uh, I'm in a group, group message where we, we write five things we're grateful for every morning. And 
I have commitments at meetings. I'm taking another guy through the steps. Thank you. And um, yeah, just, I really found the brotherhood that I was searching for all along in my life in these rooms of Alcoholics Anonymous. And uh, I'm super grateful for that. Um, Yeah, I'm kind of blanking out right now, but I'm just super grateful to be here. And uh, thanks for being a part of my recovery tonight, guys. <laughs>